Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. A flip by Richie James Jr. That means this game is over! And you can doubt the Chiefs! You can dislike the Chiefs! You can disrespect the Chiefs! You're going to have to deal with the Chiefs being the AFC champions for the fourth time in five seasons. The Chiefs have the Lamar Hunt trophy and they're taking it to Vegas for Super Bowl 58. Wow, Mitch Holtis, that is Chiefs radio and he summed it up quite nicely there. Welcome to the show, Baggy Gray, Andrew Perloff. I think at times we have overlooked the Chiefs this year, as odd as that is to say. At times, maybe we have disrespected the Chiefs. Certainly, we found the whole Taylor Swift thing rather annoying, but here they are. It's like inevitable Death yep. taxes, the Kansas City Chiefs coming up big in huge games, Perloff. But I got to be honest, I was watching this game and thinking to myself, how are the Ravens blowing this so badly? To me, they actually looked like the better team. They were the number one seed, of course, but they blew this game to me more than the Chiefs won it. I think the Ravens handed this game to Kansas City. How could you think they're the better team if those first two drives, Kansas City was had two gigantic long touchdown drives. No elite defense allows that to happen. And then Kansas City sat on a double-digit lead the entire game. I don't feel like the Ravens blew it. I feel like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs game managed them to death. And we're basically, we're like, if we need to turn it on, we'll turn it on. But right now we're up by 10, and they were up by 10 most of the game. What's the point? So I, I think I understand what you're saying. It never felt to me like the Ravens had that game under control. It oh. felt like the Chiefs had them where they wanted them the entire time. Oh, I did. I disagree there. I think that every time the Ravens even thought about getting some kind of momentum in this game, something happened to take it away. Now, that's their fault. They saved their worst game for the biggest moment. The, the Ravens haven't had a game like this where they look so discombobulated. Credit to the Chiefs' defense. They do shut them out in the second half, but the Ravens' mistakes are the reason why they are getting sent home and the Chiefs are going to Las Vegas. As a fumble at the end zone, just the cardinal sin of things you can't do. And I hate to put it on a rookie and Zay Flowers, but you cannot be reaching for the goal line. How many times do they tell you that in football? You get the fumble at the end zone. Then you get the Lamar Jackson interception, throwing basically into triple coverage. You can add the bad penalties on top of that. I mean, there were uh, the Ravens got away from the run. There was so many ways that the Ravens could have gotten a hold of this game and they could never do it. Yeah, I, I think the Chiefs had a huge role in that. First of all, their defense was great. 
But they saw what happened in the Houston game. Remember the first half of Houston-Baltimore? Lamar couldn't get anything done. They yeah. were blitzing. I, I think they learned a lot from that. And I think the Ravens' offense was not really awesome. I, I think that's the bottom line. If you could contain Lamar Jackson running, I just don't think he has enough confidence in his receivers to really beat you in the air. And you saw they're they're the worst team to play from uh, uh, behind. They, they were down by 10, and they just did, were not themselves. If You're right. I agree with you. If they stuck by the run and just stuck to their guns, but they kind of got nervous and said, all right, got to play catch-up ball. And that's why he, I think, forced that interception at the end. It, it was a, a bad game from them all around, but I wasn't totally surprised. I thought the Chiefs had a lot of, a lot of game tape on what you can do. Basically, don't over-pursue and don't give gigantic lanes to Lamar Jackson, and then you, you can control the Ravens' offense a little bit. Okay, but... I get what you're saying. I didn't think Lamar was looking to run ever. Was there one designed run for him? I mean, you had eight rushes for Lamar Jackson for 54 yards. Mm. He should have had 100 yards rushing. That's what he had against the Texans. Yeah, but that that was all on the Texans. I mean, any defensive coordinator could have seen the Texans were doing everything wrong. Okay, but I don't think Lamar was looking to run ever. Well, yeah, the fourth down was clearly a design run, the one that went for 21. That was awesome. Okay, but they also had like a third and one and decided to throw the ball. I mean, I just couldn't understand, or they maybe they passed on third and one and then threw it on fourth down. I, I just don't understand how it felt like they were minimizing their own weapon. Like, was it to prove a point or something? No, I, because the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs took that out of them because the Chiefs were playing in such a way to contain Lamar's running. Uh, I, I think the, they were saying, what my problem with Lamar Jackson wasn't that he didn't run the ball. All the second half of the season, he was holding on to the ball so long, right. trying to make the big play, trying to make the big play. I feel like if he had just run the offense the way he did at the peak of the Ravens' offense, it would have been much better. But I felt like he he felt some pressure. He's like, I got to win this by myself. I think if he just run the offense and handed the ball off and been more relaxed about the whole thing, then they could have come back. But I do, again, I credit the Chiefs a lot for this. Well, I think the Chiefs' secondary played really well. They obviously Definitely. sold out to stop the run. I guess like that. I don't even know if the Ravens, the, where was the adjustment? Where was, you know, you have this again, incredible weapon. It's not just Lamar, but how does Gus Edwards get three carries? I mean, everyone not named Lamar. You had a total of eight carries by Gus Edwards, Zay Flowers and Justice Hill. And then Lamar had eight for 54. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm baffled by the game plan. I wasn't sure. Sure. You want to credit the, the chiefs and their defense and Steve Spagnuolo, coaches well in big games but I thought the Ravens like Todd Monk in the offense just lost their way in every part of this they were playing like they were down three scores well they were down 10 points <laughs> so that that felt to them they felt like they didn't have time to screw around and I think the first half spooked them because Mahomes was never giving the ball up and one thing about the Kansas City side of this did you ever think once even for a millisecond that Patrick Mahomes was going to throw an interception or make some kind of mistake. They didn't do anything. The right. Chiefs' they, offense did nothing in the right. second half. Basically, they said they they had a couple decent drives, a lot of and some three and outs. But he, Mahomes came out there and said, "I'm not going to make a single mistake. I'm going to let my defense win the game." And I think that's why Baltimore, Baltimore then got frustrated. You get it. It's like they they were waiting for some mistake. They'd gotten those mistakes on defense all year. They have the best defense in the league. You would have thought at some point Mahomes was going to give it up or do something. And they just, Mahomes just played very conservatively and kept them at bay. And made the big play to Marquez Valdez-Scantling when they really needed it, which iced the game. But I, I was, I couldn't tell what I was watching from the Chiefs. I'm like, all right, I, I get what you're saying. You want to be conservative here. You don't want to turn the ball over. Your defense is playing great. 
keep the Ravens frustrated, but you're telling me that the Chiefs were not trying to score a point in the second half? That can't be. I think and that's you, not a great formula no, going into the 49er game. The no, Super I think Bowl. their number one priority was don't turn the ball over. And I think if Lamar Jackson had had that same priority and not had that fumble early and had that interception late, then it's a closer game. Okay. And, and Lamar talked about the number one, the number one thing for a quarterback in a close conference title game is protect the ball. Yeah, and, and, the Ravens and the Ravens didn't do didn't it, and the Chiefs that. did. I know, I get it, but do you realize how much playing with fire the Kansas City potentially did? Because you couldn't even... A lot of these drives in the second half for, for Kansas City was three and out. You had like a seven-play drive for 32 yards, three and out. You were giving the Ravens good field position. They just couldn't really do much with it, and they were their own worst enemy. That was felt very dangerous to yeah. be on the Chiefs' side of things. I, I never thought the Chiefs were going to lose, and I think Vegas Live Odds were, uh, said the same thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could obviously see the Ravens were not moving no. the ball with ease. The Zay Flowers fumble was a killer. There's oh. no doubt about it. it the pick made, in the end zone. The pick in the end zone, a little less. I understand, I understand you had to be aggressive at that point. Yes, that was not good either, but the Zay Flowers fumble in particular had to be excruciating for Ravens fans. I can't even imagine what that felt like. This, to me, felt like the Ravens lost this game more than the Chiefs won it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I mean, you're the Ravens. I mean, this was a close game at the half. You're down, well, you're down 17-7. But it felt like that should not have been insurmountable. And this is the part of it that is devastating for the Ravens. We can talk about the Lions and them losing and and how sad it is and uh, how close they got and the Lions fans and the ride, the magic carpet ride they've been on this year. This is a more devastating loss for the Ravens. You have a coach who has been there before and John Harbaugh, who's won a Super Bowl. The team was not poised. You are at home. And how many shots do you think you're getting at Patrick Mahomes? You know, you're the Lions. I don't know if you're coming back, but you at least changed the whole identity of your franchise. You're the Ravens. You are now just playing into the stereotypes of Lamar not being able to win in close games and to be on in big games rather. And you want to know what? I actually thought none of this was really on Lamar Jackson until he did throw that terrible pick in the end zone into the triple coverage. I, I thought you could have blamed a lot of other factors. But Lamar does have to wear this. Yeah, you know what surprised me? Uh, you're right. I, I kind of agree. It wasn't really all on Lamar. The fact that the defense gave up a nine-minute drive in the first half, I, I thought, what happened to Baltimore's ferocious, scary, turnover-creating defense? It didn't. I understand the Chiefs didn't do anything in the second half, but it just felt like they weren't able to turn on the Jets and get after Mahomes oh, and cause some mistakes. You know what it was. I mean, what, what? how do you just, allow how... Kelsey yeah. to be Kelsey like that? Well, I Kelsey mean... made three incredible catches. Though. Okay. The guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. 11 for 11 for 116 yards and the touchdown. You allow them to get going with Kelsey, it's over. And it's and he comes through all the time, whether he's looks banged up, whether he's older now, whether we think this is last season, all those things. I mean, he was great. Rasheed Rice, eight catches on nine targets. It wasn't for a ton of yardage, but impactful. And then all you needed was a little something here or there. And you know what they want to do with Pacheco. It's all about running the ball with him. 24 carries for him. I'm so curious. Can they do the same formula against the Niners? Jump out to a lead and just grind it out. I don't think so. I I don't think you can be. I don't think you can get that conservative. You know, the, yeah. it was 
how do you get shut out in the second half and you live to tell the tale? I, I, I mean, we, and not only that, you live to tell the tale. I don't even think you were after the Zay Flowers fumble. I don't think you were even scared. I, I think it felt pretty secure most of the second half. Believe it or not. Can we hear from uh, Lamar Jackson, please, Pete? Cut twenty nine. Lamar Jackson lamenting the amount of mistakes. Can't turn the ball over. You know, fumble, interception, stuff like that. They gave him the opportunity to, you know, put points on the board and win the game. We we get in that red zone. It's been our it's been our touchdown all season. You know, we just got to finish, and we didn't do a good job on finish. Yeah, they didn't. And you know, the only you know they they fumble the ball. The Chiefs end up having to punt after that. I, the, they lost it on downs, I think. Or did they lose it on downs? Yeah, they had it. T- I mean, Andy Reid pulled a Dan Campbell and didn't take the points. But And then the interception, uh, you know, led to another punt. But still, it's not so much that the Chiefs were able to capitalize and, and score off of your turnovers, but you couldn't score. <laughs> so it didn't kill you because the Chiefs couldn't do anything on offense in the second half. But just take you just took points off the board from yourself. Just unforgivable. 855-212. For CBS, Gary is in Jacksonville, wants to weigh in on the AFC Championship game. Hey, Gary. Good morning, guys. Yeah, I've been saying it for years, and Ravens fans always get angry, but it's true. Lamar Jackson, show me in the postseason. You know, you're not paid fifty plus million a year to do it in the regular season. You're doing the postseason, and, and and you touched on it, Maggie. How are you going to get a better chance? Your first seed in the AFC, you're playing at home. It's only going to get harder next year. You know, two's not going away. Al's not going away. Ball's going to be back. Stroud's coming on. The AFC's not going to get any Jim easier. Jim Harbaugh and, coaches uh, the Chargers Lamar now. was terrible. The overthrows. The, yeah. uh, even when he ran, guys, he was hesitant. He didn't run with the conviction that you've seen during the regular season. He was second or two late in decision-making. His decision-making is poor in the postseason, and uh, he's got to wear it, guys. No, I mean, we're, we're putting it on him, Gary. We're putting on him. Thank you for the phone call. Yeah. We're putting it on the boneheaded mistakes. I mean, you get a taunting penalty and a 12-men-on-the-field penalty. Yeah. If you're the Ravens in two separate instances, that is just lack of, you know, awareness. Yeah, that was frustrating. Uh, and probably the right calls. Uh, one thing, by the way, the, the penalties, the Chiefs didn't have a lot of penalties, but you said they didn't score in the second half because they have one huge Achilles heel that their tackles hold like crazy. Yeah. And finally, they started calling them. And that's why one of the reasons they didn't score. They had a scoring drive that was taken away by two straight holding calls. So I'm very curious, too. That's that's a huge problem with the Chiefs. Don't they? And we're talking about, will the Ravens be back? I think they're going to be back. I don't think that the Chiefs, yes, I'm, here I am betting against the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are not so head and shoulders above the rest of the AFC. And look at where they are. Yeah, I am. I think I think the Ravens will be back. I don't think this was their last chance by any means. They're a pretty young team, too. A couple more things on the Ravens. I mean, here, we, we talked about it earlier. We had a call about it earlier, about the Roquan Smith offsides, right? So you get a penalty where you put the Chiefs at first and five as opposed to first and ten. And you could tell Roquan Smith, they wanted to go offsides there so that they could get back to a first and 10, right? It was a smart play. It made a lot of sense. But he goes full throttle through yeah. the line of scrimmage and not just doesn't just get the call to move up five yards. 
he gets an unnecessary roughness call that flags them for 15. Yep. It was those kinds of maddening things all day. It's like, why can't the Ravens just figure this out? Why can't they play aggressive without playing sloppy? Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Ravens were going to score there anyway if they got the ball back. Um, it was 17-10 at that point. Was there anything indicating that the Ravens were going to be able to drive down and get a touchdown with no timeouts? I, I, but anyway, regardless, uh, yes, the, the the penalties killed them. And they that's why I think the team can get back. I think they can fix all that. And I think they definitely need another, another receiver, believe it or not. Back to the yeah. Lamar Jackson needs more weapons, but they're lacking one weapon. Odell, the fact that they had to throw to Nelson Aguilar so many times and Odell completely disappeared, they need something else. They're a little bit short personnel wise. Oh my gosh, Odell's first catch was in the fourth quarter, midway through. I, I, but they I, did. Have is Z- that on the offensive coordinator? Is that on Odell? Is that credit to the Chiefs' defense? I mean, just so many things where. It was not the expectation. Yeah, I mean, they are. You have to be excited about Zay Flowers. I think they got a re- legit number one receiver there. He's awesome. I know the fumble and the penalty and all that, but still, there, there are the elements here. I think one or two more things, and the Baltimore can get over this top. It's funny you said that the Lions. The biggest thing they need moving forward is Dan Campbell to sort of grow up, right, and to take the points when they're there and go up three scores and all that. I mean, that's going to be a thing for Zay Flowers. I know he's a rookie, but it's not just about the taunting penalty or the fumble. You can't then go to the sideline and be so incensed and so furious with yourself that you slam a helmet down and then you end up cutting your hand. Like, I know it's hard in the moment. These guys are emotional, and I don't want to take that part of it out of the game, but these are things that build on themselves. I think Zay Flowers would be okay, though. I mean, we don't know him as any kind of... Uh, character issue or no, something. No, he's but... young. I, I think he's a pretty exciting guy. I'm just trying to think what what can the Ravens do differently. And to me, it, it'll get a little more variable on offense because you kind of knew. Listen, if you stop Lamar from running the ball, if you contain him, then that's a big challenge for the Ravens. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, Todd Munkin was supposed to go in there and have this pass heavy offense. But I think when things got tight and nervous, Lamar kind of reverted to, oh, I got to do this myself. I think he needs to rely on his uh, other players a little bit more. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So how much blame are you putting on Lamar Jackson for this loss yesterday? I, I think the whole team, they just, they handed this to Kansas City. You know, they say like, you know, head coaches lose more games than they win, you know, like by making boneheaded decisions and things like that. I thought this was absolutely a Ravens loss. Credit to the Chiefs. They're moving on. They're amazing. The Ravens made it easier for them yesterday. 855-212-4227. We get back to your phone calls, too, on Dan Campbell. How much blame does he deserve for the Lions blowing a 17-point lead, tied for the third biggest lead in blown in NFC Championship history? We get more into that. Again, today's about you. We want to hear from you at 855-212-4CBS. Oh, yes. You know, it's funny. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Saturday Night Live led with a skit about how depressing it's going to be when football ends. I hear this music. (laughs) God, it's no wonder that football single-handedly saving network television because the drama is unbeatable. (laughs) And we it's just, you can't, Everyone says there's a script, but you cannot script the little things that happened last night. I think Dan Campbell blew it with going for it on fourth down. And I think that the Chiefs did a masterclass on milking a lead. 
So, Maggie, not exactly the same way. No, I see this differently. The fourth down decisions, this is who the Lions have been. This is what has gotten them there. This is their identity. It turned them from perennial losers into a winner. And as for the Chiefs and and the Ravens, I just thought the Ravens just handed this game to the Chiefs. And that's not to say the Chiefs don't deserve credit because they took it. But they didn't hand it right back. But uh, the Ravens just have to be sick to their stomachs this morning. Uh, I'm sure the Lions are, too. Let's go to the phones, 855-212-4CBS. Tim is in Arkansas, thinks I'm wrong about the Chiefs. Good morning, Tim. What's up? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking the call. You got it. Um, Yeah, yeah. Usually, Maggie, I I think that you're the most insightful person in the room in your analysis, but I do think you're dead wrong here. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Number one. I'm hitting at a Dan Campbell-like clip. Go I'm ahead. Sorry? I said I'm hitting at a Dan Campbell-like clip. Uh, <laughs> pretty good, but not when it matters most. Okay, what's what's going on, Tim? So I, I think we're forgetting, uh, like, the Chiefs defense uh, didn't allow over 24 points the whole season. Yeah. Uh, I think that they were much better than everybody uh, uh, remembered they were. Um, I think that the Ravens had been reading their own press and felt like if they just showed up, they were going to win the game. And then when they got behind – uh, seven to nothing on the first drive, which Perloff is right. Uh, they ate up almost the whole force first quarter. By the site, by halftime, they were uh, double, almost triple the the ball control time. So yeah. yeah, when the when the Ravens showed up, they thought they were going to win just by just by walking on the field, and uh, they got punched in the mouth and never recovered. In addition, I felt like they kind of acted like a little bit of a children at the, for the rest of the game. Mm. Um, you, the coaching. Uh, way outperformed uh, the Chiefs, Andy Reid and Spagnola. Uh, way outperformed the Ravens. You know, uh, McCall Hardman last week, just as an example of folding, McCall Hardman last week fumbled the ball exactly the way uh, Zay, De- Zay uh, yeah, Flowers, Flowers yeah. did. And we didn't crumble. Uh, we fought back and ended up winning the game. So I want to hear what you have to say. I don't well, know if I should drop off because I have a lot of narratives, but <laughs> no, Tim, <laughs> a lot of points. I think it's great. I think I... Thank you for the and, and thank you for making them. I, I think that I'll give you that uh, the Ravens lacked poise, definitely. But the whole punch to the mouth thing, I don't know if I can get with you there because you did have the Chiefs come down and score, and what did the Ravens do? maybe put together one of the great plays where they end up scoring right back. I was like, this is going to be an all-time awesome game. Then the Chiefs score again. Then it became a little bit harder, a lot harder for the Ravens. So credit the Chiefs defense. I thought the Ravens did come ready to play, but I will agree that the poise, uh, there was a total lack of poise by the Ravens. I didn't think they were surprised. I don't think they, they showed up expecting to win, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing, I've talked to quarterbacks about this before, the worst thing you can do to a quarterback is make him sit on the bench. Mm. You can't get any offensive rhythm. So they had a, uh, it was 7-7, the Chiefs went on a nine-minute drive, and you could see Lamar just getting restless there. I think they cut to him. Uh, It's really hard to to win in that situation. Your defense needs to get the other team off the field. You need to get a lot of possessions. Uh, I understand. Those first two drives won the game. Kansas City was unbel- I couldn't even understand them. I'm like, I thought the Ravens were a great defense, and the Chiefs seemed not intimidated by them at all. Oh, well, that, that's the other thing, to Tim's point, where he said the Chiefs' defense has been awesome all year, and, you know, we didn't pay attention to it. It's not that. It's just the Ravens were better defense. 
that was the whole thing. Yeah. The Ravens were, the Chiefs were great defense, and the Ravens were just better by almost every metric, just a little bit better. Well, actually, they, but the, but the, the Ravens Chiefs had done it against, defense wasn't great. Yeah. The Ravens had done that against the Niners and the Cowboys. Uh, I'm sorry, the Niners and who else did they beat the, the Lions? Lions? where the Chiefs were doing it to the Miami Raiders Dolphins. and the Broncos, and they did have a couple of good games. But I think partly the Chiefs were playing Easton Stick a lot, where the Ravens were just shutting down the elite offenses. And I think the Ravens' defense must have settled down based on the score. Like, they, we finally saw more of them. But they never threatened to make a play. They were never going to strip sack Mahomes. Nothing even close. Let's go to Stewart is in North Carolina. Also wants to weigh in on the Chiefs. Good morning, Stewart. What's Hi, up? guys. Great show, and Maggie, I'm going to agree with the last caller that I think you're way too unfair to the Chiefs. And in the if Baltimore would have blown the game like at the end, like they fumbled with three minutes to go going in for the winning touchdown or Baltimore was winning the whole game, that's a different story. But when the Chiefs come out of that locker room and go smack, smack, touchdown, touchdown, they dictated the entire game. And I think it forced Baltimore's hands. So saying the Chiefs – or Baltimore loss, I think, is really unfair. And the other reason, the Chiefs have a guy named Patrick Mahomes and everybody else doesn't. And <laughs> well, I'll give you that. Fact. I'll give you that. I, listen, you're, you're right about – so, okay, you got the Ravens come out, they go three and out. Then Kansas City comes down punt, and they punch in the touchdown. The Ravens responded with a touchdown. Then Kansas City scores, and then the Ravens fumbled. I mean, Stewart, I, I – Well, the Chiefs then blew it and could have – could have probably put it away. Right. Could have put it away right there. You want to talk about, you know, going for it on fourth and not getting it, which is Pacheco up the middle and the Ravens come up with a big stop. I thought this game was really in the balance here in the beginning. I never, okay, the Ravens come out, they go three and out. I never thought the game was over by at that point or that the Ravens somehow didn't show up. This game was, it was 17, it was 14-7 for most of the game up until a minute 42 left in the half, excuse me, for the first half. Then it was 17-7. The the damage was done in the second half. This was where, mm. however you want to look at it, I thought the Ravens just completely, they just lost who they were. Yeah. Could not commit to the run. Were playing like they were down three scores when, they, when it wasn't that dire. And the Chiefs, to their credit, they sat on the ball and let their defense win the game. I mean, I think the, the Chiefs were playing a little bend-don't-break, except for the couple times that they let Zay Flowers run wild. But... Uh, I, it was going to be hard for the Ravens to punch the ball into the end zone. That's why I think a lot of people thought the Chiefs had control. Right. I, you know when it really felt bad? When uh, my, when who forced the fumble on Lamar Jackson, it felt like the, it was about to become a blowout, and the Ravens held on. But to me, they were never threatening. I never, if I was going to lie bet that game, there was never a point that I would have put money money line on the Ravens. I just didn't see it happening. Listen, I'm not, also, I'm not disrespecting the Chiefs. This is the only bet I won all weekend. <laughs> was the, was I took the Chiefs in the points. And, it, and, and the line creeped up and creeped up even after our, our show on Friday. I know, I know. I woke All up the Sunday. money came up on the Ravens. I woke up Sunday morning and said, did I just bet against Patrick Mahomes? What am I doing? <laughs> uh, by the way, we're I'm doing I'm not this. making that mistake. Yeah, but uh, is there anybody? I, I When the line came out that the the Niners were originally a two-and-a-half-point favorite, I thought like the whole, I could almost hear the whole country say, wait, Patrick Mahomes is an underdog to Brock Purdy? I think that the amount of traction that the DraftKings and FanDuel's and MGM's must have gotten last night must have been wild. Uh, we'll get back to your phone call. See you guys want to weigh in on the Lions and the 49ers. We will do that. Andrew Bogish is here. 
He's got some headlines. Hello again. Let's start with those Lions. They owned the first half yesterday in Santa Clara. They led the Niners 24-7, had 280 yards of offense and intermission, and then nothing went their way in the second half. Purdy sends Kittle in motion right. Purdy out of the shotgun, drops a couple of steps, going to take a deep shot to Brandon Ayuk. It's the flag. Oh, he caught it. caught. Ayuk caught it out of the air. A flag is also down. Did Ayuk score? He got touched down on the two-yard line. Greg Papa, Tim Ryan, Niners Radio, Brandon Ayuk making that catch off a defender's face mask. But how? I don't even know. Uh, Ayuk <laughs> did tell Aaron Andrews on Fox post game that a ladybug landed on his cleat before the game, so he had luck on his side. His Niners <laughs> winning 34 31. The Lions collapse included a Jameer Gibbs fumble, those Josh Reynolds drops, and the now infamous fourth down decisions by Dan Campbell. And now we get a Super Bowl rematch. The Chiefs were waiting on the NFC winner after their 17-10 slugfest in Baltimore. KC didn't score after halftime, but the Ravens only managed a field goal. Back to throw is Lamar Jackson. Over the middle, caught by Zay Flowers, and lunges for the end zone. They're going to say the ball's out. They're going to say the ball is out in the end zone. The Chiefs think they have the ball in the end zone. No official has been given yet. They're going to say a touchback. The Chiefs recover the ball in the end zone. Mitch Holtis on Chiefs Radio. Zay Flowers about to score, fumbled instead. There was also a Lamar Jackson pick in the end zone. Baltimore now averaging 10.5 points per game in Jackson's six postseason starts. The Chiefs are the third team ever to make four Super Bowls in five years, and maybe they become the first team in two decades to repeat, Ravens D coordinator Mike McDonald expected to get a second interview with the Commanders today. He is also on the Seahawks radar. Those are the two teams remaining without a head coach. Sadiq Bay dunked with 1.1 seconds left. His Hawks topped the Raptors 126 125. Toronto's lost five in a row. Men's number two, Iowa, held off Rutgers 68 60 yesterday afternoon. Zach Eady scored 26. Passing 2,000 career points, making him the sixth in Big Ten history with 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds. And finally, do we have a Connor Stallions in college hoops? K-State men's basketball apparently thought Iowa State had student managers or other staffers sitting behind their bench during Wednesday night's game trying to steal signs from the Wildcats huddles. Cyclones head coach T.J. Otzelberger addressed the story after Saturday's win over Kansas, calling the allegations ludicrous and an affront to his players. He <laughs> added that the only thing that happened Wednesday was a K-State assistant coach cursing out a manager mopping the floor under the basket closest to the K-State bench. He was so offended by this yes it was it was almost like all right you know listen i can you know good maybe we should have thought of that or like all right good try good effort but he was like how dare they insult the integrity it was almost to the point where like all right what are you hiding (laughs) a little doth protest too much i mean dude come on he didn't accuse you of sleeping with his wife he thought that maybe you guys said somebody behind the bench yeah it it felt very like uh gone with the wind like you should be sitting there like fanning himself one of those like you're so insulted (laughs) by the thing like how dare you (laughs) it was he was incensed i'm like man is how how thin is your skin sir we're too good to cheat (laughs) right dare you suggest the cyclones are not up and up on the up and up it was a program yeah he really took that to heart meanwhile I'm sure there is a Connor Stallions of college basketball. We just haven't found him yet.
Also, do Stallions go to the Chargers now? Because <laughs> you don't clink. get in trouble for this in no, the NFL. No, you can do whatever you want in the NFL. Belichick. Yeah, but uh, Harbaugh has done a pretty good job of distancing himself from Connor Stallion. So, I, I don't know. Do you think uh, Harbaugh – do we all think Harbaugh was behind all this? Probably, right? Well, he definitely benefited from it. I mean, I think that's the no. ultimate FU would be have Connor Stallions joining the Chargers as some kind of <laughs> analytics role or something. Did he Head really? Of spying. I disagree with him benefiting from it. Okay, well, whatever. Because we I'm just saying, you don't, you don't that, need but... you don't need a spy or a rocket scientist when the other team holds up a picture, four pictures, and says it's a pass play. I mean, it's so easy to see. Whatever this whole thing, we're gay back. It's so overblown. So, by the way, Michigan proved it didn't matter because they won without it. So, there's enough of the Connor Stallions. No, but this is the this would be the ultimate middle finger that Jim Harbaugh would give to the NCAA. Yeah. Like he ah, has, yeah. he has stiff armed them or tried to at every turn. He's the malcontent. He's the outsider. He's the you know the critic. And now to hire Connor Stallions with the Chargers yeah. would be head of advanced scouting. Yeah, Connor right. Stallions, <laughs> yes, exactly. Director of opponent strategy. <laughs> Bogus. Thank you so much. We go to you for all of our uh, good ideas. Uh, okay, coming up, see you guys on the phones. Want to get back into this 49ers-Lions game and how much credit does Brock Purdy deserve for the big comeback? We get into all of that next. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, 49ers get a shot at redemption. They get a second bite at the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That was Super Bowl 54. Here we are on the doorstep of Super Bowl 58. A lot of the same players, same characters from that Super Bowl 54 game. Yeah. Quarterback's different, of course. We'll get into Brock Purdy and his role in the 49ers comeback yesterday. But let's hit Frank, who is in San Francisco, wants to talk about his Niners. Good morning, Frank. How are you? 
Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure thing. And uh, I was worried. I was worried about this game. I give the Detroit credit. They came out. And they punched. They punched the Forty ers in the mouth twice. Yeah. And and the only thing I had to say about Dan Campbell: live by the sword, die by the sword. But the Forty ers stayed the course. And Brock Purdy deserves one hundred percent of credit because he rushed for fifty yards. And they were those plays were backbreakers. They had everybody covered. And they were able to run the ball with McCaffrey, but like those plays by Purdy, 50 yards, look like, I mean, I'm not comparing to Lamar Jackson, Brady bought out his inner Lamar Jackson on those plays. <laughs> and also to Sean Gibson made a key play on that, on that the uh, fumble, on the fumble. He made the hit on Gibbs. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. The Niners made plays. Kittle got the ball. They went with Debo. Debo started running people over. And that's one thing that the people forget. The 49ers offensively, they like to punish those DBs and also the linebackers. They owned the middle. They they made plays when they had to, and it was a great game, and I'm so happy. And I think the Niners do have a chance. They do match up better against the Chiefs than they do with the Ravens because the play they the way they play it, they're going to own the middle, and they're going to they're going to show down, they're going to uh, hmm. shut down Kelsey. I believe so. I mean, you got Warner and, and Drake Greenlaw. They're like the heart and soul of the defense. But Frank, there were a lot of receptions over the middle. Golf was picking them apart. Especially the first half. I mean, St. Brown, you had Laporta. I mean, guys were kind of living in the middle of the field. It's a 60-minute game. You got to do it the whole game. The moment didn't get too big in the second half. Look at the third quarter. They dominated the third quarter. I mean, the third quarter, and Frank, thanks so much. Congrats to your 49ers. And I'm sure, you know, we'll talk about how the 49ers and the Chiefs match up this time around. We have a long time to unpack that. But, I mean, that third quarter... You just things couldn't go worse for the Lions in that third quarter. And to be fair, they've actually been a pretty bad fourth quarter, or excuse me, third quarter. Did I say fourth? Third quarter. Things couldn't have gone worse for them in the third quarter. And they've yeah. been a bad third quarter team for the most part all season. That's been one of their Achilles heels. And you just never thought it would go this poorly. But the 49ers, I think the big thing Perloff was they did go down and score that field goal first drive out of the second half yeah, and that just inched them a little bit closer to make it a two score game to the point where you could get McCaffrey back on schedule. Also too, a, that's a great point. You saw Brock Purdy came out in the second half. He looked settled. He didn't look jittery at all. He had a big pass to Debo. I, I that game was back on immediately. Uh, although listen, if Josh Reynolds catches a ball and Jameer Gibbs doesn't fumble, the Lions win the game. Absolutely. I also think, you know, one thing about this Niners team, I've said all, you don't have eight, Hall of Famers on your team and not make a Super Bowl, I think the Lions are going to be back because they have Sam Laporta, Penny Sewell, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown. This young nucleus is crazy, and even Dan Campbell can't hold them back. Man, we got to talk about the future for Jared Goff on this team, though. We'll get into that in a minute. John's in California wants to talk about Dan Campbell's coaching decisions. Good morning, John. Good morning. First of all, New York Jets transplanted fans since 1967, but that under the bridge Dan Campbell <laughs> lost the game. Um, you, you cannot you, – you have a chance with seven minutes going in the third quarter to go up by three scores. You know if you attempt to go for it and don't get – you could feel the momentum change as soon as they didn't get it. You could feel it in the crowd. You could see it on both sidelines. The, the, the Lions were deflated. The Niners were pumped up. And I knew as soon as that they missed that, that fourth down attempt, the game was over. There was no way they were going to recover from that. And – as far as Brock Purdy goes, you know, there's every game he makes a few mistakes. He had one yesterday where he threw back high across the middle. The guy made a fantastic one-handed catch. The one that could have been picked that was off the defender's helmet. There were you. You have to take advantage when you get it. And I think Dan Campbell's 100 percent 
lost this game. Man. You kick that field goal, you're up by three scores with seven minutes going in the third quarter. You kind of take a little bit out of the 49ers because you went down and answered. Instead, you give the ball to them, and you could feel it watching the game. I don't know whether you could, but you, I could just watch it. I knew the game was over at that point. That There was no way the, the Lions were going to respond. Well, there was just no way. Yeah, I mean, John, I, I hear you. So here's the thing, though. I've, I'm always marvel at this because don't football people – want the ball at a fourth and two in your offense and your playmakers hands to try to get the to try to you know continue the drive or whatever as opposed to asking your kicker to make a 47 yarder in you know outside I know the weather wasn't bad but these were not chip shot field goals Mm. here 45 and 47 yarders are what they passed up to go for it on a fourth and two and fourth and three, respectively. In today's NFL, those are close to chip shots. I mean, kickers You're today You're talking to the wrong person. I'm a Bills fan. 47-yarders uh, uh, are not gimmies. But yeah, Again, I mean, there was no weather, so maybe you want to say that's fine, but I, I always think you you want this in your playmaker's hands. You know, fourth and two and fourth and three, those are tough, tough conversions. It's not easy. There's a reason most teams don't go for it there. And it did. I just think you have to read the room a little bit when you're Dan Campbell. Obviously, I think if those were fourth and second and fourth and third in the first half when the team was super loose and they didn't. What happened in the second half is the Lions understood where they were and how close they were to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And especially Josh Reynolds got nervous. Yeah. I mean, I, he never dropped that pass. He hit right between the numbers. I think the moment got just way too big for them. And that's why they failed on fourth down, really. Okay. But I think. This, these are you're right. Maybe they they the moment got too big for them, but that's another thing why they were doing this all year for this moment, and the players were the ones that let them down, not Dan Campbell's decision. Well, because this is why you go for it all the time. This is why you're supposed to sort of get as comfortable as you can with playing this way, and because you never know when you might need it in the big moment, and you know your team's going to go for it. Like no one on the Lions should have been surprised that they were going for it on fourth and two and fourth and three. It definitely, it cost them the game against the Cowboys. And that was the first warning flag coming into this game. Oh man, Dan Campbell is intent. He doesn't care about winning or losing. Well, that was the, the two point conversion. Well, it was fourth and seven. Uh, yeah, it was a two point conversion. And he wanted to go for two. Then they got pushed back on a penalty to fourth and seven. Right. And he still went for two where he said, Oh, this guy is out of control. Uh, honestly, and they easily, I'm sorry, they win the game with a field goal. It's it's a 17-point lead. I totally agree. It was a mental thing, too. Okay, but the Lions, the, the Lions field knew. Goal. The Lions could tell that the Lions... I'm sorry, the Niners could tell the Lions were reeling after that play. All the confidence was on their side. Okay, but what if he missed the field goal? Well, he missed a field goal. What that would it blames the kick. It blames you. Blame the kicker, and you understand that. You understand <laughs> that. You don't. You don't feel if a guy missed a field goal. You don't feel like you won that play. The Niners feel like they won that play on the fourth and short. Okay, I think we need some poll questions up today uh, at Maggie and Pearl. Ryan is with us this morning. Maybe a Dan Campbell. Now, the one thing I can't. I I actually. I can defend Dan Campbell for the fourth down decisions. I can't defend him for you're driving. You need two scores. You've moved the ball down the field effectively. You're at the goal line. You have all three of your timeouts with a minute and a half left. Why'd you call a run play? You were executing it perfectly. You had moved the ball all the way down the field. You had done it without using any of your timeouts by throwing to the sidelines and getting some big chunk plays. And then you run the ball, you get stuffed, and now you have to call a timeout. 
and it forced you to have to do the onside kick at the end. Yeah. Which this, is low percentage. Not good. But if you put up the poll question, should Dan Campbell have gone for it on those two fourth downs? You you know how the public goes on this one. I think it's just Dan Campbell. Are you blaming Dan Campbell and Dan Campbell alone or something like that? Because I think that's how this is shaping well, up when let, that's, uh, to me, that is wrong. Let me ask you this question then. Do you think Dan Campbell should have gone for it on both those fourth downs? It's not that. I I get they were going to. That's like asking someone. It's like you're asking a tiger to change their spots when this is. Guys, the Lions have been a losing franchise basically our whole lives. Unless you were around in the 50s. And not, if you remember 1991, that was a long time ago. They've been awful. How have they dug themselves out of this hole? By changing their identity no. over the past few years, Perloff. No. This is who they are now. And to abandon it at that moment last night, it, w- it was never going to happen. And that is absolutely why they're not, they're not here because of fourth downs. They're here because they've done an unbelievable job in the draft. And their team All is All that losing stacked. gets high up in the draft. Well, it's not even the high up. I mean, listen, they have obviously on defense, they have, I think, two stars, Aleem McNeil and Aiden Hutchinson. And then offense, they have Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. These Those are guys, first-round picks, these right? Are, these are go- well, Laporta's second-round second pick. Round Gibbs was a first-round pick. The only running back that's been picked in the first round, I mean, they actually worked in forever. Uh, Jamison Williams, also a first-round pick. He He's going to be good down the road. Honestly, they're stacked. Uh, they're, James Williams was good last night. He just gonna, doesn't get the ball enough. They're going to out-talent other teams from now on. So you don't have to do any of this fourth-down crap. Because you can actually – Penny Sewell, could you see that guy running? He's a left tackle who moves like a wide receiver. They are loaded right now. So forget all this fourth-down crap. Just go out and win the game. Because you also have a great run game. You have a great line. You have all the elements to be a championship team right now. The – Biggest question I have for the Lions moving forward, and again, we'll get into this as the offseason goes on because now we have a lot to unpack with them. Jared Goff is limited. Uh, In this day and age, look at the four quarterbacks we had left. Purdy, who basically saved the game in part for the 49ers by using his legs in those scrambles in the second half. Lamar Jackson, nothing more needs to be said. Patrick Mahomes, the way he's able to move around. And then you have Goff. And I know Goff put together a really good season and he's resurrected his career from that trade and good for him. But asking this guy to throw on the run or anytime he gets moved off of his spot, it all of a sudden becomes an an adventure with Jared Goff. Ooh, I don't know. Coming after Jared Goff today, that feels a little, it looked pretty darn good to me. He was sort of slinging around. If Josh Reynolds could catch the ball, I mean, his numbers would have been impeccable. His whole playoff run was close to impeccable. No I can't even think of any big mistakes he made. I mean, he when he's on the move, what does it look like? I mean, it's not great, but you don't need him. I mean, you, it, they just lost 34-31. Obviously, the problem is not offensive here. Uh, and if and they were they had to have creative mistakes to even limit themselves to 31 points. Otherwise, their offense looks great. I would not get off Goff. Goff's perfect for that. You know, losing Ben Johnson, if they do lose him, is going to be a problem. The offense coordinator. Yeah. But are you kidding me? You're going to move off Jared Goff to go to where? I I think you need somebody who's got some more tools than Jared Goff because he's limited in that way. But that's me. Eight five five two one two four CBS. We get more into this. See you guys on the phones. 49ers and Chiefs heading to the Super Bowl. We'll dive into Brock Purdy's role in the comeback next. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.